This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Dittman Research. Do you know what the most valuable thing in the world is? High-quality information. Because high-quality information informs much better decision-making. Dittman Research has been providing high-quality information to Alaska's leading businesses, organizations, and campaigns for 50 years. Do you really know what Alaskans think about your company or your issue? How about your clients, your shareholders, or your employees? Hire Dittman Research and find out what's really going on. DittmanResearch.com All right, guys, we're back here with uh, my buddy Bryce Coriel, first podcast, and uh, his his buddy, his lawyer, Jeff Barber. How you guys doing? We're good. Good. I'm, uh, I've been wanting to do this podcast for a while. Um, it's kind of a crazy story uh, because I know Bryce so well, and you have this business downtown. I vividly remember, what, what three years ago, four years ago? 2016, August. There, there was, uh, so yeah, three years ago, uh, this large trash garbage truck hit your building well let's let me let's back up from there um not back the truck up but back up the story to actually well the truck needed to get backed up too eventually yeah the uh i was sitting at my desk and i got a call from the the shop manager and you take those calls because they don't usually call unless they need something and the she was frantic she was not getting all the words out and she was saying stuff and i was like like like, what happened like what stop what happened and she's like the truck came through the building everything's destroyed and i my first thought was in some sort of like bank heist caper thing somebody had run a truck through there as a way to rob the place because it's a check cashing place so there's there's cat there's money there yeah, and it's a it's a secure facility, so um, you you couldn't rob it, um, even if they, even if the the goal of it was to rob it, with the you know what ultimately we're going to tell your fans happened, they would have failed. But I thought it was some sort of crazy reservoir dogs, you know, right? Yeah, far just, out stuff, right? Just just, just and bust the bust the door, bust down the plate, and then get out and get get the money and get out, you know, something. Um, one of my other businesses, uh, somebody called the cops and said, hey, I think there's somebody stealing the ATM out of Alaska Fast Cash. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy, he, he blew the window out, and then he hooked his truck up to it and dragged the ATM out with a winch. And when I... It's pretty, pretty, pretty good. You know? Yeah, it worked. When uh, Get down the road and crack her open. Uh, when the uh, alarm went off, I was like, let's see if I got broken into and I look on the video on my phone. I have a link into that. And what I see is I see a cop inside my store <laughs> taking pictures. And I was like, yeah, I think I got robbed. Huh. Looks looks like looks like it happened. So I get a call from the manager at the, the check store, and she's frantic. And I'm like, okay, are you okay? You know, is, is, anybody, is anybody dead? Is anybody bleeding? She's like, no, I'm banged up, uh, but it's, it's okay. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be there. And then I called my business partner, and um, he answered, and I said, I don't know anything. I know a truck hit the building, and I know it's bad. So at this point, you don't know if it was like an F-150 or like a Mack truck or like a dump, dump truck. The What came to mind was like somebody stole an armored car and ran it in there. I don't, I don't know why, but that's just what I thought. Maybe I, maybe I – Because of the caper. 
um, I don't know if there's a specific movie where somebody used an armored car to do it, but I, I just, that's what I was seeing. And my business partner is like, I'm in Wasilla. I'll be there in, you know, whatever it takes me to get there. I'll be there in 27 minutes. Yeah, some, like, Mr. Wolf stuff from Pulp yeah, Fiction, Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. Like, uh, I'll be there in 10 minutes, and, like, 9 minutes, 25 seconds later. So so he Noel comes in, and you go down. I, and this is, like, I remember it was on the news. It was on, I think, TV news and ADN. I mean, they, they that place got fucked up. They, uh, they were interviewing some homeless people that were hanging out outside Lucky Wishbone, which has been across the street from, you know, these two businesses have been across the street from each other for like 25 years. And the interviews were like, yeah, they're sitting here one day and then kaboom. <laughs> and uh, it was just totally destroyed. And when I got there, there was a, um, a garbage truck, a full-on garbage truck that was 75, 80% into the building. Yeah, I saw the, I remember seeing the picture. And uh, the it was a miracle that my employee actually survived because if she was standing where she normally stands, she would have been hit by a garbage truck at her desk. And I think she was doing some paperwork or uh, in the bathroom or something, and the uh, ceiling, drop ceiling and such collapsed on her, and she had some injuries, but... She didn't get hit by the the truck, and you had, you had just bought this business a couple of years prior, right? So it was a new new thing. Yeah, for you. I mean, I, I was three years into it, but it, it had been there previously for a long time. Yeah, that I bought it from people that had it for eleven years. I mean, it was a I've uh, that little shop has been there my entire life because I remember driving out to my parents' cabin in the valley, and it was always this thing that said check cashing store, and I was like, what's that? I'm like, why are there tinfoil? Why is there tinfoil on the windows? Now I want to cash a check. Now I own it, and it's weird. So, okay, so this happens, and obviously it's a huge, I mean, your business is destroyed. And you're, I guess, thinking, what, you know, what do we do? What do, we do? How do I fix? How do I, you have, you have to re, so the build, you don't own the building. The, the, so you, rent the, you rent the space from the owner. Yeah, it's super nice people own this building There's, isn't there a bowling store in there it's um it's like a billiard supply store and the, the billiard folks which are like the nicest people i've ever met let alone done business with they own the building so they have to fix the the exterior but then you have to fix inside your business you know they're not responsible for the contents of my business but their their insurance should cover the, the actual building you know yeah and we got that's why we got jeff over here the, the, insurance the, law the the and enter the lawyer um so how did you get well first of all so so there was a issue for a while about how much the insurance was going to pay because you had a didn't you have to move like next door temporarily and like a kind of kind of like a rigged temporarily rigged office so once we figured out you know we we got uh, the employee was getting medical care the uh the immediate emergency in terms of danger was done but my place of business was totally destroyed um the equipment that we use there was all destroyed because, you know, what would your office look like if a dump truck went through it at, you know, 15 <laughs> miles an hour? Like, like it, it's fucked up. And, uh, but the real loss isn't, um, it's not the computers, you know, the paper, the money was all fine. We, we could find pretty much all the checks, and they were entered in the computer, and we were able to recover most of our data through systems we've got in place. But it was, how do you stay in business? Like, if you're McDonald's and your McDonald's restaurant disappears, how do you continue to generate 
revenue. Well, that's what happened in Eagle River with the earthquake. That sucker shut down. The Eagle River McDonald's? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? I think they're rebuilding it now, but yeah, it's got next. And then, you know, you got you got employees, and you got to hopefully keep them employed. So we sent them over to one of our other stores, and they worked there. Um, but all the business just evaporated because it's sort of like if you if you if McDonald's and Eagle River got run over and they put a sign that said visit our location on Arctic Boulevard in Anchorage, they ain't gonna hamburger sales in Anchorage aren't gonna go up as a result of that. People just mm-hmm. you know they just do something else. So in the in the truck that hit hit it was it was a waste management. So this isn't some like local mom and pop. This is a large globe. Is it global or is it just national? National. It's it's a big national. They're, they're hundreds, huge. hundreds, and hundreds of garbage trucks. I think it's an S and P five hundred company that is, you know, it's one of the largest enterprises in America. And that was once we got the immediate emergency dealt with. You know, it's like, okay, well, who's paying for all this? And I felt better that it was, it wasn't some guy driving his Honda who had either no insurance and or he had. 50,000 bucks of minimum liability insurance. I was like, I'm pretty sure the garbage company can cover this. And this is where it starts to get pretty, pretty interesting. This is why we're here because the story is kind of so, so crazy how it, how it plays out. So they, they not long after, I mean, they had offered you some money or did you, you were talking to them? Cause you hadn't, you hadn't, you hadn't engaged Jeff right away. Had you, you hadn't really hired a lawyer at first. Not at first, no. I think you guys had some contact with the insurance company. We were just trying to be amicable guys. Like this, We were just like, clearly you guys are at fault because we were just sitting here doing business and you drove your huge piece of machinery almost killing my employee and no fault of our own. Like, like let's just figure out fair fairly so, so you, were, you weren't dealing with the waste management you were dealing with the insur- their insurance co- it, it or were was, they self-insured it was uh i they have an insurance adjuster that represents them and i believe ultimately they are self-insured but i, I don't know it's yeah they have like a risk management just like the municipality of anchorage has a risk management department and they operate essentially like an insurance company okay so then they say okay we, there's liability we have to pay this much so you're you're having to send them like building receipts and and um, receipts for new equipment. You, you, you got a um, waste management people came out to see the truck. You know, uh, they were like, "Ooh, yeah!" And they were like, they were like, they were like, "That's real." I was like, "Okay," but then after then, it was it was super difficult to get a hold of anybody. None of the local people have any authority to you know write checks or anything. So these people are um, you know making sure the garbage gets picked up, and they're saying, "Well, you know, did you call the one eight hundred corporate office number?" Um, eventually we found some insurance guy from them that came and looked at it. And my business partner was like demoing stuff and, you know, going through this rubble that, you know, it looked like a, a building collapse. And at the time this insurance adjuster or risk management guy was there and my business partners like, you know, we need to talk about this. And, um, the guy, the risk guy said, well, you know, don't start spending any money yet because um, we're, you know, we may not be liable for this, and you might not get any funds. And yeah, I, so I remember you told me that, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, and my business partner is like, "You have no idea." The money started being spent to fix my business to minimize the economic impact to the business, 
eight hours after this was and this mean, meanwhile you guys had temporarily set up next next door right yeah my my business owner um cohort with me is um like the the best man in a storm possible and he engaged the no i like that guy i love that guy he engaged the people in the suite next door and say let me rent half your space and i can sort of subdivide the space overnight using you know my own labor and we'll pay your rent um, for use of 30% of your facility until we get out of this. And the guy, he was, I think he did tax prep and it was July. So he wasn't using the office for much. Just no problem. Yeah. He was like, he was like, great. You know? So I assume at some point during all of this, you you said, okay, well maybe we need to engage somebody who knows more about this than we do. How how did you, how did you find Jeff? Did you you know Jeff or we, not me, the uh, lawyer, Jeff, (laughs) we, there was an intermediary period where we went back and forth with these insurance people for months and they would request some information and say, okay, sell, you know, send us your stuff. And it was the whole thing felt to me like a design to draw out the inevitable reckoning of them saying, we're not going to give you anything as long as possible. So it's like the whole tactic to me felt like don't say no, just you know, say you're investigating. I mean, classic insurance, right? You try to not pay as little as possible. Right. And so, I mean, that's what explains what was going on. See, the the insurance company or the risk management, if it was the Alaska Waste, they basically determined that there was no liability. And so... How is that possible? You know, people can have medical emergencies. And, and that's what they were saying in this case was that the gentleman driving the, the dump truck, the, the garbage truck, had a medical emergency... And it was no fault of his own. No one could predict what happened. And stuff happens. And sorry, no one did anything here that was careless. We did everything as carefully as we were supposed to do. And you're not entitled to recover from anybody unless you can show that what they did was careless or negligent or reckless. So basically, uh, sorry about that, guys. Good luck. That's ultimately what they said. But after months and months and months of, oh, we're investigating... They sent us an email or like uh, a letter that said essentially like you know thank you we've included our investigation we're not liable thank you, right. and they offered you no money no money, and at, at this point that's like that's just nuts and <laughs> and the, the reason I want to do the podcast is because because we're going to talk about what you, what you guys didn't and the outcome but but I think most people small business owners even maybe somebody with a decent sized business does don't doesn't have the resources time money. Or, or, or even just the will to deal with something like that, to, to, to go to litigation, to engage lawyers. So, I mean, how, how often do people, in this case, like waste management or other companies, just get away with they doing just, that? And then people say, oh, too bad. That sucks for me. It's not even, it's just, think about every auto collision that goes on and every time there's some kind of insurance claim. I mean, it's not just, you know, big big damages like this. It's, it's just, I can't even imagine how many. So they put off a lot of people and... You know, if we hadn't gotten involved, and this isn't just you know my own responsibility here. I mean, these guys pushed it; they they pushed this case along. Uh, but if we hadn't done anything further, we would have never known what happened. And there was a whole other story about what actually happened in this case, and we just never would have even known it if we hadn't really filed a lawsuit. So, so how did you get hold with uh, get connected with Jeff? So, weren't you guys turned down by other lawyers? <laughs> I I don't. Yeah, no, we're, we're not taking that. <laughs> I don't think we were. Because waste management, don't, don't they have, aren't the mob, isn't like, uh, what's his name, uh, 
the Sopranos guy? Aren't, aren't the mafia always doing the trash business? I, <laughs> <laughs> Tony Soprano, you know, he was a maybe. I mean, they. Trash guy. I think they they sold it public and they got you know Wall Street guys running it, but they they kept the mafia in the risk management department because <laughs> they, they, they don't like they like we invented the risk we're, management. Right. We're, we're gonna we're, offer we're, you zero and you're gonna take it. We're gonna we're gonna keep Tony and Tony over there in, in, the, in the back room and they're gonna handle our claims. So uh, I, there's an attorney we had done some work with, and we wanted him to write some like just demand letters saying, you know, we're gonna you need to pay up or we're gonna sue you. And um, he was, um, I think it was outside his expertise, and he wasn't really moving on it. So he said, we need to find a real attorney. And my my dad was an attorney, um, and my mom was a paralegal that worked with him for you know 30 years. And I said. Um, Mom, your maternal responsibility to me extends to finding me an attorney so I can sue these people and get the money that I'm owed. <laughs> and you know my mom, so she oh, yeah, did, she did some research and she said, "I think I think these are the guys." And um, we contacted him, and um, Jeff had this incredible beard on his website, and I was like, "Man, uh, Noel, this guy." Wait, this guy had a beard? Yeah, it's huge. Right now, there's I want to say there's zero beard right now. It's like a to- you got a. Does your website still have it? We had to take that down. Oh my gosh! Oh my god! Do you have the picture still though? Because I, w- I want to see that picture later. And I was like, like we're talking like a long beard. Oh yeah, yeah, like like wizard. Wow! Why do you cut your beard, Jeff? You know, the beard took on a life of its own. Oh yeah, no, they do. They have. The- <laughs> I, I tried a case when I after I, I grew the beard in New Zealand. Just one year of just letting the beard grow. Did when, you do the holiday work and travel? I did. My my wife worked and I traveled. Yeah, so I was in part. Australia for a year, but I spent some time in New Zealand, about six weeks in New Zealand as well in 2017. So yeah, we went for the year, the whole year. I took sort of a sabbatical. And oh, um, what year? It would have been 2014, 2015. Yeah, so I did yeah. 17 Australia, and then a little bit New Zealand. But yeah, wow, that's great. No, but the first case I tried when I came back, the jurors were were talking about the birds living in the beard. It was, <laughs> it was, a, it was a big beard. He, he makes a good <clears throat> argument, but he's 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 really, the beard's distracting us. So uh, Noel and I was I was talking to him and I was like you know we had a good conversation with this guy over the phone he he's got some references but like, like that's my guy but like 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 he like he's got something <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we we set up a meeting with him and with Jeff yeah yeah do you want to talk about that well that was kind of funny because I I'd, I'd only talked to Bryce about the case and he says oh well I got a uh, my partner needs to review this too oh you hadn't met Noel yet well Ooh. see I didn't know who Noel was I didn't know his partner was Noel and then. I think it was in person. You guys showed up, and turns out Noel is you know someone I went to high school with. <laughs> He's like, oh, I didn't know same, that. Same year, Wasilla High School, and I just didn't you know I saw him and I, I mean obviously knew who he was, but um, only in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. so we we known each other. Noel a is a time. he is a character for yeah. sure. No, for sure, and uh, you know we hadn't been in any contact over the years, but uh, yeah, definitely knew who each other were. So you guys sit down and they explain what happened, and you and you said. You probably thought, wow, this is kind of... Have you seen this stuff like this before? No, you know, I had to break the bad news to them. I had to tell them, look, you guys, just because someone drives a garbage truck through your building doesn't make them liable. Listen listen to that statement. How is that... I don't understand how that's possible. It's this... You know, if you remember, there was a gentleman that owned um, the Hummer dealership. And this was maybe, I don't can't remember, 10 years ago, maybe more. Mm -hmm. And he um, crashed his Hummer into a bunch of other cars here in Anchorage and he oh, had I vaguely a, remember that he had a medical emergency he had a seizure disorder or something and so he had a he had a seizure and that was it so so even if they were insured with with like a small company with with an insurance policy i mean does it say that like you know they have the it, 
those things like in nuclear dis- nuclear disaster clauses or no 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 it's is covered. There a clause like if you're medical act of god type thing or no it's 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 covered everything would be covered except you have to show that they're they're liable they're not your insurance company they are the insurance company for the entity defending alaska waste so they are essentially defending the claim from the very beginning and you know it was easy if they had information the guy had a medical problem he apparently passed out and that's that was and we found that out pretty soon there was a video a video inside the garbage truck that you oh. could actually watch it didn't show exactly what happened to him it was like the last eight seconds or something and supposedly that was what the machines that's what they keep after something happens is just it doesn't go back indefinitely so so you told them this but then you decided to take on like take on the case yeah because there's usually more i mean maybe a long time ago i thought oh you know these big corporations they don't just you know make these decisions (laughs) willy-nilly i was maybe a little more naive and um after doing this as long as I have, there's usually more. There's usually something there. Like even with that guy that had the Hummer and the seizure, it turns out I think the deal was he wasn't taking his medications, you know. Mm-hmm. And you, you just don't find that stuff out until you dig into it. And so I talked to these guys and said, look, we got to find out what if he had a medical emergency. Because, you know, for all we knew, he fell asleep. You know, the video kind of looked like he was just sitting Texting there sleeping. Or something, yeah. You just, all the video saw was he's this guy slumped over and he's asleep. It looks like he's sleeping, but, you know, they said he passed out because he had some kind of medical emergency. There were two things that that stuck out to me about the initial part of the meeting. As we said, um, we had like three guys we had talked to that said they'd be willing to talk to us about it. And these were people that had the type of expertise in, you know, auto accidents. And Jeff was the first one that we we met with probably because of the beard. Or maybe he was like alphabetically first, you know, whatever. I think it's a beard. I got to say, I'm going to go with beard. It was power. So we get to this meeting and we're like, you know, he's got good answers. And we're like, okay, so why should we hire you? And I thought Jeff had the perfect answer. He said that, you know, there's, I'm actually a litigator, whereas there are a number of attorneys in town that are just negotiating and sending paper back and forth. But there's a handful of people that sue insurance companies, you know, every day or every week. And you could really hire any of those people of which I am one. But the insurance company knows this is a real case that they have to defend, and there's a cost to defense as soon as I'm attached to it. And then he said, we don't really know any of the facts. We, we kept trying to ask him, like, so what do you think? What do you think? And he's like, I don't, I don't think anything. I don't know anything. We're going we're gonna to find out because we're going to sue him. So, so when, you, when you – and this is where it got interesting because you know, later I found out. So you, you sue, and then when you sue, you can, you can get discovery, and you can de- depose people, right? Right. And, right. And, and they're supposed to give you, automatically give you stuff. And we didn't, you know, we found out we didn't get everything either, but, um, but, yeah. but, the, but the, I mean, I think if this is correct from what I know about the story, the first, the first one, the first big one was when you deposed the driver, right? Was that the first big one? The first, first that big was reveal? the first, that was the first big surprise. And it was a pretty big, big surprise. Cause we had, we had, we didn't know exactly what happened. They just said medical emergency. And, um, so when we depose the driver, you know, we, 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 you can ask people anything. And it sounds kind of like, you know, we're getting into his medical history. Maybe that's something private. But we really needed to know what, don't, what don't, happened. Don't sometimes, kind of a side note in depositions, I've heard my friends that are lawyers, and, and they'll say, like, really bizarre questions and try to throw you off. And they can ask you anything. They, they can say, like, well, like, what's your favorite color? Why? Like, they can kind of get in your head. Is that allowed? Or you, you, can, you can object? You know, there's different people. We we don't screw around like that. I mean, there's people that'll take a six-hour deposition and they won't ask any important questions until the fifth hour. 
you know, Ooh. yeah, I mean, you, there's, there's psychological warfare stuff that goes on. That, yeah. But we, we wanted to know what happened. And so we finally asked this guy, you know, like what happened? And he turns out it wasn't just a random medical emergency. Um, it turns out the guy actually injured himself and he did something kind of weird. He, you know, tell, I guess I'll just tell him. What Go ahead. So the guy... The garbage truck has got three dials or three um, handles in the back that you pull. And, you know, one of them lifts up the um, the forks. Another one does, you know, it pulls the, the chain in or something. And this is when they're picking up those big dumpster cans and they're putting them in the back mm-hmm. of the, the garbage truck. And apparently some of the garbage trucks that they had had them so that, you know, there's three levers. And in, you know, half of their garbage trucks, lever one, you know, does what it's supposed to do and then the other two are swapped so the middle lever does what the third lever does on the other truck they had like a system where they just weren't all the same and so this guy was pretty new and he went to grab the lever that was supposed to pull the um pull the the dumpster up or something and the forks of the garbage truck just dropped down onto his foot and it crushed his foot and his ankle oh my gosh yeah and this um, was that day this was the morning that it happened and so I guess he kind of checked himself out and maybe thought about what he was going to do for a little while and then just said, hey, I think I'm good to go. I'm going to drive this thing back to the station. And, I mean, in all fairness, he was going back to, you know, he wasn't going to continue on his route that day because he had pretty much crushed his foot. But, um, yeah, I mean, and that was that was part of the problem is, you know, if, what is it supposed to do? We we. We found out that basically one of his medical records made it look like he he passed out due to pain. When you when you heard that in the deposition, were you like, "Wait, what?" Well, we were huh? like, "Huh?" Yeah, because you know that kind of stuff gets reported. You know, this is like the big, you know, national waste company. They've got all kinds of policies and procedures, and they're supposed to fill out incident reports. And employees are supposed to, you know, there's all these things they're supposed to do. I, mean, I used to work in for a year for an oil field service company and, you know, I have my NSTC card for the slope and it's like no joke. I mean, like if, if you get hurt, you stop. I mean, it, it, it's, it doesn't matter if you like crush your hand or if you get like a little, if you, if you barely, you know, jam your finger and you're, it's, you know, you always stop and, and you always record it and you say what happened so well, they can have a record of it. I mean, it's very, very, very strict. Well, now you know why. I mean, so, you know, it's not intuitive that someone's going to crush their foot and it's going to cause them to pass out while driving their car. But it's a medical thing. It happens. And, you know, that's one of the reasons they've got all these, you know, all these technical rules about what you're supposed to do. So the guy, I mean, he should have called it in. He should have said, I just got injured. I crushed my foot with the forks. And, um, and that, is that their policy? I assume I'm sure they have that policy. Well, we didn't get any of that until uh, later. You know, they're supposed to, we, we had, they had an incident report where he said, you know, he dropped the forks on his foot. And for some reason, they just never provided it. So the adjuster people you were talking to before, before any of this happened, they they must have known that, right? Yeah, they, they didn't disclose any of that. They, I mean, but they but they knew, right? I mean, they would ch- have had to have known. I mean, it just it doesn't make any sense. They would either be really poor at doing their job, or they just intentionally looked past it. And, yeah, and, any you know, precursory investigation of what happened, why did you crash yeah, the, what, the I mean, truck into the building? Would have he would have said, well, I, you know, I passed out. Why did you pass out? Right. No, yeah, that's just like that must have been at least when I heard that. That that, that, that to me, it's like ching, ching, ching. We got him. Well, it wasn't the end of it though, because they said sorry. You know, it was still an unexpected situation. You know, the guy didn't know he was going to pass out, and we still don't think he did anything wrong. And uh, 
we didn't get as far as we thought we were going to get with that. So during this deposition, it was it was you you the guy, the, the driver. Were you there, Bryce, or no? No, I think Noel was. But but then the their, their lawyer they had a lawyer as well that he must have been like or she must have been like fuck. <laughs> you know they must have known too though. You know I mean they must have known. But if 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 they didn't, then they should have. And so you know you'd think that would have turned the case around. I think Noel Noel was there. Noel Noel was acting as co-pilot. He was he was helping with. I questions. could see I could see Noel asking questions because he's a. Noel had some questions. Someone you don't want to argue with. So, okay, so at this point, the, the lawsuit's going. There's a deposition. This is the first deposition with the driver? Yeah. And then what happens after that? By the way, didn't you ask the driver who should pay for this? And he said, oh, waste management should. <laughs> he did. He did. That That actually was probably maybe better even than, you know, what he said about the forks dropping, you know? <laughs> is he still working there? Did he... It was his job? Or he, I no, I think he's still there. He was still there, I think, at the time of his deposition. I think he, I think he was there at, at some point. <laughs> Who should we, pay? Waste management should pay. Well, I mean, no. Not me, not me. I shouldn't pay. <laughs> If, yeah. if you took a rant, if you just ask people on the street, say, here's what happened, who pays? They, you know, right. You know, 99.5% yeah. of them or something like that. And that was like a year. So, I mean, I think it was, we filed a lawsuit. It was almost a year after the incident. I don't remember when you contacted us, but I mean. Yeah, was, just, and just to highlight that, this wasn't like the next day. I mean, you, you tried very hard to, to deal with this without litigation because it cost yeah, money. Yeah, I mean, our, our we were constructive about it and just saying, hey, you guys got to pay us for you know the damage done to the business and let's work it out. And we got stonewalled and eventually I said, God, I just I just have to sue these people. There's no alternative. So so when you engage Jeff, uh, how do these normally work? Do, do, the, do you guys pay an hourly fee or do you, is it a contingency type thing where you, if you win, I mean, I don't yeah, we so I work for mostly plaintiffs, mostly fighting corporations, mostly representing people, and so usually folks don't have, you know, money to pay for hourly attorneys, and so we do almost all of the work that we do on a contingency fee. So if we don't recover any money, there's no attorney fee. So you're probably pretty um, selective on what cases you're going to take. If a case, if you say I'm sorry, there's no chance you're going to win. We're not going to. That yeah, I mean it's no no zero yeah. Usually we work for a third, a third of the uh, recovery, and a third is zero, zero. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you don't want to take those cases. Usually, I mean, there are some cases we get involved in. Just usually not out of principle, but because you know some something bad happened, and there's no choice. But um, in this case, you know that wasn't even the only problem. The liability in this case. The uh, before we get into the, really the next phase of it. Um, you know, you're you're right to call out the fact that it was an hour or not an hour. It was a year. Yeah. And. Jeff said there's a chance, you know, this isn't an open and shut case based upon the facts that we already know. And if you guys lose, if we lose, you can end up paying some attorney's fees. To, to the other side. To, yeah. Right. It's Alaska has a loser pay. Right. It's, it's different. You know, most it's, of America follows the the American rule, which is you pay your own attorneys. And but then, it's not, you don't pay their, all their fees. It's like 20, it's some percentage of their fees, right? Or you pay, you if, if they make an offer and you reject it, then you pay 75% of the other side's attorney's fees from that point forward. And now that's if it's made early in litigation and then it changes to 50%. And then if they make an offer that's pretty close to trial, it's 30% or close to 30%. Which I mean, I don't know. I've always thought, I'm familiar with that law and I always thought that was kind of good because it, it should technically prevent frivolous stuff from going on, right? Makes it hard in cases though, where you just, a lot of, you know, it costs a hundred thousand dollars to litigate a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a, a, million dollar case or a hundred thousand dollar case might cost a hundred thousand dollars to litigate it so it's really hard for all those cases where you're fighting over a hundred thousand dollars and then you know if you lose you're gonna have to pay 75 percent of you know maybe 70 or eighty thousand dollars in attorney's fees so on some level it might not even make sense to sue because of the amounts involved or or you'd be much more likely to take some super duper low ball offer right. right and 
Noel and I were in a position where we could take the risk as business owners, but if we were just scraping by or if we were an individual, it, the what I saw is that people that are less fortunate than us would have been screwed because they wouldn't have been able to accept that risk. So during this process, at some point, did they, they, they I recall that it was a small offer at some point. They, yeah, made you a- they started making these offers like that were that went from extremely and ins- you know comically insulting to just insulting, and uh, it was like it was like we don't, like that. I'm not even going to entertain that because it's not worth anything to me. It was it was so and it was just and it was amazing how linear to me that they ratcheted these things up, and it also corresponded to the facts that kept coming out and it kept looking shittier and shittier for them and they looked worse and worse and they kept offering a little bit more money. But it was still a very small amount in the big picture. Well, the big picture, what we didn't talk about, and this is the other issue with the case, is that the damages that this business had, it wasn't like, you know, like you said, that you got to fix the building or something, you can figure that out pretty quick. It was pretty complex. I mean, the way they did their business in order to figure out, you know, whether they lost customers or not, you had to do a lot of analysis. And, and once once the liability picture didn't look so good for them due to all the stuff that Jeff uncovered in discovery and depositions, they then produced this report that said, we hired an economist um, who's a UA guy, and he produced this report, and he concluded that no damage was done to your business at all well, or like a month or something. It was in the immediate, while the building was wrecked in the time that they were transitioning, it was a really modest amount of money. And the reality is people for, for a month uh, said, oh, they're closed or it's, 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 it's destroyed. And then they, they go to the guy down the street or the, they go to some, because you, you're, you're, you're not the only person providing the yeah, service. Yeah, we have right? a number of competitors. And we were, for over three months, we were operating out of plywood that we had built in the next guy's over suite. And everybody just drove by and said, that building's completely destroyed. <laughs> Let's go to someplace else, no matter you know what kind of signage and stuff that we did. And I remember now they said, we, there's only two months of effect on your business. Just, and, and you know, you guys, Bryce and Noel, were convinced that they had lost customers. Well, I mean, how, how, how could any person not understand you'd lose? I mean, if I went to a place for years and then I drove by and it was closed or it was not, and I saw that for two months then I'd, I'd go somewhere else whether and, it's a yeah, restaurant you go or to another a... place and then if that place has successful service you probably don't go back to the old place and our numbers showed that and also it was just it didn't pass the straight face test that we were only affected for two months when we were operating out of like a shack for three months so right. so but but they hired an economist but then you also hired uh an economist who was your old professor right i hired a a statistician and an expert on Statistic, you know, statistical analysis, which is actually what it was. And it was funny is that at one point they tried to say that their guy was more accredited and, you know, was this big-time economist. And our guy said, well, I, I agree, but we're talking about statistical analysis of number of checks, number of customers, which is I'm I'm the authority on and a world class. And if we were talking about economics, their guy'd be better. And you knew this guy from from UA from from. from I, I, I took operations management from it. And I said, God, this guy is smart. He's one of those guys that wrote his own textbook and was like, We don't need that. Like, I, I, I got it right here. Like, I'll do it live. We'll and do like, it live. Yeah, Fuck it. We'll do it live. Exactly. I mean, the guy wrote a textbook like that, and it was just, uh, it was it was a fascinating class. So you you had to, uh, I guess you had to you had to pay him to to do this work for I, his time. Right? I called this guy up and I said, Hey, I enjoyed your class. 
I sat in the front and I had asked a bunch of questions. He said, Think, he said, I remember you. Th- th- things are no longer theoretical. This is real world. Yeah. And uh, I said, I, and I saw you at a dinner at some point and we talked. He's like, I, I'm pretty sure I know who you are. And I said, well, I'd like to hire you. And he, he looked at it and he said, this looks like fun. I'll do the work. And he spent, I think, like 60 or 100 hours of real work on this, crunching different models. And then it ended up in basically an argument between their expert and our expert and my... Um, so their expert said there was almost no damage? They did, they did theoretical modeling. And the experts, we had... They both chose, you know, you had several years because the business had been operating and it had history. And then it had been a couple years even since the, um, the garbage truck. And so both of these guys did these theoretical models that based on information. And then the question was, what information do they rely on? Do they rely on the last immediate 12 months or do they, you know, it was hard for, I guess, their economist had... Well, we said, basically we said he cherry-picked the numbers. He, put, he picked some of the numbers, some of the years, and used that information when it turns out for their business, and Bryce could probably explain this better, there's, you know, obviously people cash their dividend checks, and then there's certain things that happen during the year where the business is much busier. And it was this difference. If you just took the slow months and used the immediate slow months and base your modeling on that, you came up with no loss. But if you took a... <laughs> Take on October. Yeah. <laughs> And that's, that's literally what they did. Oh, my God. And so... Who are these people? <laughs> well, that was, you know, experts can, can do what you so, want. So, so your, your guy found something pretty incredible, right? Yeah, and then, and he, I think that, you know, the the factor of the difference between the, the two things, the two estimates, was like over a 1,000, like 1,000x. Like, they're like no damage or very de minimis damage, and our guy is like big damage. Yeah, I you, mean... Big long-term damage. Yeah, you like you've permanently lost customers, and the present value of the income stream from those customers is enormous. It even, it even the number even surprised you, right? It, it, it was, was close. You, yeah, you had an idea. It was it was when he calculated it. I think his was slightly higher, even, but it was close. The, Can we say the number? Or do we not want to? I don't want to get the numbers. But okay. what was interesting is the um, the statistician guy. He said, "I agree with the process that you used, and it was." pretty good like you listened in class but the underlying assumptions that you started with were wrong and he convinced Noel and I of those and we said okay well, we're, we're we agree with your analysis and you actually, you actually had to pay this guy this is this oh yeah and, and there was no there was no winner loser pay it's like I'm writing that guy a check and can you say how much how much was that expensive or I, I think um, it was I, more than 10 grand yeah it was and and, right. and and again I'm like you know if Joe Blow gets run over by a, a dump truck they gotta hire a damned statistician for ten grand. That, yeah, yeah, and it's it's like and that's the, money out of your pocket. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I win, lose, or draw. I got to pay that guy the money. You know, I, I was writing him personal checks the whole, the whole way, and um, it was just a the, the whole thing just showed me how much the average guy is going to get screwed by this. So then this happens, and then at some point a tri- a tri- there's a trial. The trial starts. Well, we had a mediation right beforehand, and that's usually what happens in most cases. And is it like know, where you're in a room, they're in a room, there's a person going back going and back forth. and forth, a retired judge, I think is what it was, and um, back and forth, shuttle diplomacy, and at the end of the day, they were still not offering even Nothing. a fraction. I mean, it was like ultimately, 
It, it was a fraction of what we ended up settling the case for. Yeah, I mean, I think their highest offer at that meeting was maybe 10x what they ultimately, uh, one-tenth of what they ultimately settled for. Well, yeah, maybe when they started out. Because there's a lot of low-balling that goes on, you know, especially when... So, so, so is this like a you go high, we go low kind of... <laughs> pretty much. It's like buying a used car. Wow. And, and I, I had booked off the, my whole day. And I wasn't going to walk out of there until until they did. And the the retired judge and the the counsel were kind of like, well, like clearly, like there's no deal here because they're on the west coast and you're on the east coast, and those two things aren't going to meet. And I was like, well, let's like let's just keep going back and forth. And no, we had to walk. I mean, it was one of those deals. At the end of the deal where we we just had to walk. We left, and there was no settlement, and we did not accept what they were offering, and they were not going to offer any more money. So as soon as you walk, that 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 triggers that's a trial, pretty much. Okay, and then. That's a whole other round of preparation, I guess, for all the. We were pretty close to trial. We were we mediated it. It must have been within a month or so of the yeah, trial. Yeah, the, the, the mm-hmm. we were a lot of our prep work was done uh, in advance of a lot of the mediation included all the stuff that was prepared for the so, trial. So the trial was just and you guys, is, if I remember correctly, there was no jury, right? You guys both agreed to have the judge decide, yeah. which is something you can do in civ- only civil trials, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, most criminal trials are going to have a jury. I suppose you can have some things with a judge, but and you know in these kind of cases it's almost always a jury. So so to have so to have only a judge both sides if one side says I want a jury there's going to be a jury. Yes. But both you guys agreed to just have the judge. Man, that's a lot of power for one person to decide. Wow. And you kind of wonder. And you have no idea who the judge is going to be. No, they tell you who the judge is, and then you can look at it and decide. Um, Let's look at some of this person's decisions. <laughs> you know, and, but then they transfer. You know, a lot of times you have one judge, and then you, you waive the right to a jury trial if you don't do it right away. So you've got you know, like 20 days or something to request a mm-hmm. jury. And if neither side does that, you, you're stuck with the judge that's on the case. And then what happens is you know, maybe six months later, that case gets reassigned to another judge. And you, know, you don't have a choice anymore to have a jury. So, so the whole time, it's, it's, it's you, your side, their side, this judge. That's all... Who, only person who's listening, maybe the re- reporter, recorder. Um, and you're basically just playing out what you already learned in th- these depositions, the driver, these economists, the statisticians, that more or less kind of how it Both experts testify. I think I think their guy had to testify over video. We had some people. There were, they had some corporate people that were talking about their safety procedures and policies, and uh, that didn't go real well because – that's where things went well for us at trial. They ha- they called some people to talk about how safe their procedures were, and they had a real hard time explaining why their employee didn't call the injury in. You know, and so every one every time they called someone to talk about safety, we would ask them, "Well, why didn't the guy call it in?" And, you know, we had their procedures by then, and they, they didn't they didn't have a very good answer for that. How long was it? How long did the trial last until? You guys eventually settled, but how long, how long did that? Was it a week? Was it a couple of weeks? I think uh, it was a week. It was like a one-week trial. Yeah, like like four days or something like that. Right. Did did did, uh, did, did Noel speak? We we, we both testified because because uh, I can't even imagine that guy in the stand. Whew. That would have been amazing. I should I should have came and watched that. Trying to remember. I think I'm pretty sure both both of them testified. He absolutely did, and it was they were you just, were on the telephone or something. I was on telephone because I had to. I was working remotely and. I was like ensconced in this room, you know, like trying to hear everything just perfectly. And they, uh, the opposing attorney was trying to uh, get me to trip up or admit that I just like made it all up or basically all the stuff that was just bullshit. But I feel like somebody who. Didn't, did, did, Bryce, didn't you actually drive the truck into the building? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was almost that, that ridiculous, but 
I was, was the bright I, sign just drew him in like yeah. a fly. Was, wasn't that sign about <laughs> cashing checks and money and like Vegas? Isn't it a, a Vegas? It's my isn't, fault. Isn't it, isn't it a Vegas style approach? <laughs> I'm trying to keep keep him in the casino. The and it, but I felt like somebody that wasn't uh, as accustomed to dealing with uh, attorneys or just people that want something from you um, could basically get Jedi mind tricked and, and get them their facts crossed goes, or something. It just goes back to the, I mean, the average person who even if they do have the money and they do go through the trial and they do go, and then all of a sudden you have these like very, very smart um, lawyer lawyers who, whose job it is to do this stuff. Even if you're right, then you might get tripped up somehow by some by some kind of very tricky lawyer who, who asks some questions who puts you down kind of a a path you you aren't even aware you're going to go down. One no. of the one of the most lucid memories of it is that they were they were making me go through every receipt that I submitted, and they said, "Well, this receipt that you submitted doesn't match the expense. The you know what you actually said you were owed. Your expense was less than your receipt. So why is it?" And I said, "Well, that's because I purchased things to replace things in the that were destroyed, and then I found one of them was salvageable, so I returned that item, and I didn't charge you for it." Which you know is totally the truth, and I was being honest Abe about it. But in reality, like I could just you know it was all pretty much destroyed, and I could have thrown it out and got a new one. But that's not, not that's not how we were going to. Bryce, do why it. do you have to rely on other people for your life? Okay, like, why do you have to like have these people pay for your life? Can you just take care of yourself? So the 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 best part was that the attorney was for the the other side was like, well, what's this item on here? Are you sure that everything on this receipt was related to getting the business running? And I said, oh yeah, absolutely. And she said, well, what's this item? She says, you know what that item is? It costs two ninety nine. I said, I have no idea, but I'm sure it was needed. And I looked, and she was, and I looked at it, and the part number from Office Depot was BLKFRST. And I said, Black Forest. I said, those are Black Forest gummy bears. That's right. <laughs> she said, did you need those Black Forest gummy bears to, um, to, um, you know, like to fix the store? And I said, no, I was just in an emergency and I grabbed them because I was going to be working and I was like, I need some sugar. Really wanted some gummies. And she, you know, she, you know, pretty much she was like, I rest my case. They were counting like the jelly beans <laughs> instead oh of like God. looking at the big and, picture. And, and this wasn't, this, this lawyer wasn't their like lawyer from D, Laura Ford. They hired a local firm, right? One of the um, biggest name local firms and probably you know, most reputable, like me as a lay person, I know of them. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it wasn't like they've lost the case of bad. They just had bad facts. And, you know, the the garbage company, Waste Management, I don't know what they were thinking, you know. I mean, they were challenging the business. They were basically saying these guys are making up what they're talking about. The business isn't making any money. And, um, you know, and, then, and even in when the trial started, they were still arguing medical emergency, no no liability, no payment. And so, you know, they ran all that up the flagpole, and the judge had to decide it. So, but at this point, now things got a little more real on their side, and they said, "Shit, we, maybe we should actually. We don't want. We don't want a decision here." Well, when when Noel got on the stand or whatnot, I think he said, "You know, I just got to come out and say it was me. I ate the gummy bears, and like I take full responsibility for the gummy bears." He said that. Yeah. Oh my god. And, you know, every, I could just see him doing that too. And but I think when it wrapped up, ultimately we we felt that our guy was much more credible. It looked like they were all along had been obfuscating or outright lying and we felt strongly that we were the most credible in it and that we had demonstrated to a reasonable person that we were owed you know our costs no but these guys pushed it i mean it was risky you know they knew they were going to get everything when they had to hire an attorney obviously you know it's not ideal but they were blown off by the insurance company 
litigating it. We did. We got nowhere in almost a year of litigation. And then so, you, so this is like two years after the uh, it was, actual. It was, it was two years after the, the actual the truck. These assholes nearly killed my employee. So. The trial is essentially over. Is that when you guys started talking again? The, the all, all the exhibits and the interviews and test that was all done, right? It's all done. It looked like it was going well. The judge was saying things to the other side. He was giving the other side a hard time about some of their case. The gummies. Yeah. Well, he was having. I mean, the medical whole medical emergency was kind of tough because you know I mean, we talked a little bit about it, but really what happened was the guy. But before we could see what was going on on the video. He actually called the dispatch and essentially told them, I'm having a medical problem. I'm feeling woozy or something. And so that was the other part of the case was we said, look, if you're feeling bad, you're feeling like you're not well, something's not going on right, you got to pull over when you're driving like a, you know, a 10,000-pound garbage truck. Yeah. So then you guys go go back into negotiate. They, they come back and say, we want to talk more the, with an offer. The, the trial had essentially ended with the judge saying, okay, I need to cogitate on this. And, and then, at the, but at the end of the case too, the judge says, I urge you part, you know, we, we've done this, but still, you know, you're going to lose control. I'm going to make the decision. You know, he said, why don't you talk to each other? He said, tonight. And he, he said, why don't you talk to each other? Have, have a dinner, have a little, a little snack. Mm-hmm. So, and you guys did that. And we did it. They got real and they gave us a real offer. And then we had Jeff negotiated up a little bit and they said okay you know we're, we're done like we'll roll the dice and we were 10 or 20 percent off to what noel and i figured was our number to, this is this is a number from the from your statistician uh no we were down off that number but we were we were down to what we were willing to accept given the chance that you know we might not get anything we might have to pay attorney's fees so we kind of did some reckoning and we were saying we but you're, i mean you're pretty you're pretty confident you're gonna win i assume I, but you're just not sure how much money the judge would would, would award is that is that accurate or we thought we had a good case we thought we were in a good position and the other side did too because even just from that mediation that happened like a month earlier they were essentially doubling what they were you know was the highest amounts they were considering to pay so we kind of felt pretty good going into it but at the same time you just never know you know yeah i mean like it's it you got to assign some high probability or reasonable probability to you know, we just got something wrong or the, the judge doesn't agree with us. I mean, the judge had to believe that this check cashing business and, you go, we talked about this a lot at trial, but, you know, the future of check cashing in today's modern, you know, world was was something that, you know, likely had a some kind of an end point. You know, this isn't going to we're not even going to writing checks. You can cash a check on using your cell phone. Turned into mm-hmm. a real discussion about like you know, the future of money and business valuation. It was, it was bizarre. It's probably the weirdest thing the judge saw for, I don't know, maybe judges see weirder stuff all the time, but we couldn't quite get there with where we were and where Noel and I had picked a number and we were like, this is our, we'll take this and any, our, our last, anything our last less, we'll just roll the dice and take whatever the judge gets it because we're not putting up with any more of their bullshit. The judge was asking you guys, he's like, well, how do you, you know, how long have you operated the business? He was kind of vetting them to find out, you know, whether they were, you know, full of it. If they're saying we're going to, you know, continue doing this for another 10 years, you know, prove it. Yeah, we're still doing it. I mean, you it. guys bought the business you, yeah. you, you from these two couples. You paid it off. I mean, clear, clearly it's something you, you spend a lot of time on. Yeah, I, I, it, I, it only worked out because we weren't blowing smoke. We just wanted money that we were owed. So eventually they 
They came with a number that you guys said they was came, close enough? They, or? they came close enough, and then Noel and I said, nah, let's just roll the dice. We, 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 we come this far. Like, let's just see this. See, I, love, I love that because in my mind, there's a chance the judge might say, I don't know, this is just me thinking I'm not a lawyer, but this is a judge might say, you know what? Like, fuck you guys. You guys did this to the, like, what else are you doing? We're, we're going we're gonna to tack on another million. Mm. Is that possible? I mean, can they no. do that or no? No. <laughs> just like, no, they can't. Because no. juries do that, right? No. Don't sometimes juries award huge punitive damages because they feel like I mean, they get thrown out maybe, but don't juries yeah. do that sometimes? The juries do it, and then the judges like Exxon Valdez, they strike it down. You know, if someone gets mad, you have you can get punitive damages, but, you know, it would be punitive damages for intentionally failing to report the injury or something. And, well, what what about all of your two years? I mean, this is obviously stressful, wasn't it? I mean, you're spending all this time, and you're like, am I going to get money? Yeah, I got I this business I got to fix. I, I was like, it. don't we get something for that? And Jeff's like, no, nah, I don't get anything for that. Well, you get if you if you take it to draw, you get interest. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Six, 6%. <laughs> Six percent per year. It's not compounded like the credit card companies, yeah, or, the, or the check cashing companies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then you guys rolled the dice. But th- what happened after that? No, th- we agreed that we were rolling the dice, and then we talked about it. And then in the morning, we called Jeff, and then he was like, "I think he's like, I think we've won." And he's like, "I think he's like, they said they're going to appeal this. I one hundred percent believe him because the costs to appeal are low. They have so even if you win a big, a d- good deal, there's an appellate." How long does that take? Two years. Oh, so that's and, another cost of money of waiting for the money. And, and we felt like we caught them off guard because they thought we were a bunch of rubes, and we ended up hiring the best attorney and having the most educated um, business owner witnesses and hiring the best statistician. So everything kind of lined up, and we were able to fight them. He probably, walk, like, <laughs> he probably walked in, and they were like, "Oh, the beard's gone. Fuck, this guy yeah. just got real." Huh. And so then, it's, uh, getting, it's getting real. He's going to go to the mat. <laughs> So, so then you what? So, so then we at that point, Jeff kind of educated us and explained that there might be another trial, and no way is that trial going to go as easy as this one because they're going to have learned their lessons and they have more lessons to learn than we do. Probably more money too. So oh, yeah, I mean, huge multi conglomerate company. So we were like, yeah, yeah, let's take it. And Jeff's like, I got to call her right now and hammer this deal out because. In any moment, the judge could come back and just invalidate whatever it is. So if we're taking the deal, we're taking it right now. Yeah, and I remember I must have been like brushing my teeth or something. I just remember we were talking. I was at home. <laughs> so then you guys took their final their final offer. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. And then that was it. So then you told you told the judge, "Hey, we're good." And then at that point, it's over. They agree to pay. They pay. Case then, is over. Case man. ends. Money's paid. So so, so, so and you got. I mean. A lot more than the first offer, right? I assume it's quite a bit higher than the first offer. Oh yeah, I mean the the orders of magnitude. Orders of magnitude, and it was and so the the factors there were: we hired an attorney, we were willing to fight it, we got the facts as opposed to you know what we were told, and then the facts were such that there really was liability and negligence. Maybe they're the same thing. So when did bad. you when did you get the check? Same day or how how the how's the check work? I don't remember. I, for a while, so Jeff's we, office, we got paid. Yeah, Does it go in the mail? Or <laughs> Jeff, Jeff had this check, and he was like, they, "His office would call me. I've got this check for you." And be like, "Yeah, I'll come, like I'll come get it." Like I don't think you guys picked it up for a while. We didn't pick it up for a while, and they were like, "You got to come get this check." So, so the last thing I want to ask is, Jeff, as the lawyer, you, you, you're getting a third. Were you kind of like, uh, "Take, take 
take that settlement, you know, because <laughs> we don't because a judge could come back with way less, right? Or, you know, I'm in the same boat as these guys. You know, you're you're you have no idea what's going to happen. You, we could get you know zero attorney fee, zero recovery. We could get it, less than what we thought we were going to get. We could get more than what we thought. It really worked out mathematically. I mean, that we had it. It ended up that he gets a third, and then the remaining two thirds goes to me and Noel, and there's two of us. So basically, we were all getting equal shares of this. And but I don't get to decide. Yeah, but we're like, well, I mean. You're in it just like we are, and you've done this before. Like, you know, if it's your money, he's like, I, I take it 100%. We're like, all right, we, sh- we should probably take it. Wow. So, so I mean, for me, the take when you told me the story before, the takeaway is like what you said before is how, how, how often do people get in situations like this and have no ability, no recourse, no, no means to fight it, and you they sh- just get screwed? You should ask how many cases go to trial because there's, there's hardly any cases going. This isn't like... You know, you read about stuff in TV and everyone thinks all these cases are going on and people are getting all this money from, you know, millions of dollar punitive damages and personal injury settlements or something. But look around and see how many cases go to trial. Isn't it like a few percent? Just a tiny percent. You know, these these guys pushed it and um, most people wouldn't have done it. Most people wouldn't have taken the risks, you know. And I think most attorneys would probably look at it and they'd be like, I can get a third of, you know, some number right now or I can do a trial that takes... You know, I don't know how much time you got into it, but it, it, you spent a lot of time on this. And then maybe you make a little bit more money, but just calling people up and sending a couple of documents back and forth and settling, I think, is very tempting for um, a lot of attorneys to make the most amount of money per hour. Yeah. Well, ho- hopefully, you know, for, for from, from my perspective, hopefully this might have had some impact on them. If this happens again, maybe they maybe they don't just screw the person and try to try to say, oh, we're not paying you anything. Maybe they'll have some small impact. You just know, like kind of science. Just right like now. no, I don't think so. But in you guys, in your case, I mean, that's good. It, 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 at least it was a message. Hey, we're not going to get pushed around. You know, I if I could have had the whole thing happen or not happen, and one hundred percent not happen, um, of course, right? Yeah. But um, I, it was it was fair, and I think I ultimately and I I learned a ton, and I think I think the average person that gets in this situation has got to be real careful about. Um, the attorney that they hire and um, and making sure they've got the right attorney with the right knowledge and the right strength. They want to hire an ambulance chaser. I, nothing, nothing wrong with that. That's, maybe, <laughs> that's what the personal injury business... I mean, that, maybe that's that, what you need. That's just synonymous <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> with, with, with personal injury, right? Well, I want to thank you guys for coming. And normally we do 30 or 40. This has been an hour because it's such a good story. It's such an interesting story. And uh, when, that was a what, year? This has been over for a while, right? Yeah, it's, it's been... Been Three years year. since I get since we got run over. But the the the, the settlement deal. Yeah, yeah. It took took took. It's been a year since the settlement. Okay. Well, and uh, for the for the folks listening, if you ever need a good uh, attorney for these kind of matters, uh, Jeff Barber, he's he's your guy, and he's been to New Zealand, so that's pretty that's pretty cool. New Zealand's a great great spot. Well, thanks. Wanna, wanna th- how do they get a hold of you? Do you have a website or uh, what's the way to just Google Jeff Barber? Jeff Barber, Alaska. Okay. Well, Alaska an attorney, Jeff Barber, Alaska injury. Well, you got the keywords. www.alaskainjury.com. Ooh, that's a good. How'd you get that? That's a good URL. It's a. I've bought a few of those in the past. <laughs> and, uh, another podcast we'll do a, on that. Well, thank you guys for coming in. Um, you're busy, Jeff and Bryce. It's uh, glad it worked out, and I'm, I'm glad we could, could talk about the story on the on the podcast. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, oh, Jeff. Thanks. All right. Yep. The, the Jeffs are uh, are out, uh, folks. If you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.